You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and I am joined by DJ Brown and I'm having a bit of a day here, DJ. I'm in a weird mood. Yeah, you're being super weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is like you're setting the tone for the whole episode. Yeah, weirder than average. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good thing this is an abbreviated episode because things could get real wonky real fast. Yeah. Today, we got everybody's crowd favorite, you know, Chris Chung with us, Mr. <laughs> Consistency, a.k.a. Rabbit Lovers, you know. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> That's a secret. We got our boy Chris Chung in here with us. Most of you already know who that is if you're a regular listener. Part of our Discord is one of our play callers and gurus, our mid to long-term investment calls and, and all that kind of stuff. So we've been starting this monthly episode with Chris where we just kind of recap things. We're doing this recording a little bit earlier in the month than normal because we have some, depending on who's listening, what kind of news it is, but we have some either sad news or exciting news or whatever. But Mike and I are, we're going to do three more episodes of this first season of Stocks and Sandals. Okay. So it's not over. We're not stopping. We are just going to take, you know, a couple months off. We're going to kind of gather our bearings we're gonna you know really make sure that we're continuously finding you guys super awesome guests with super awesome content we're gonna take the summer to probably upgrade our equipment and get our feet under us and you know spend the summer with our families and continuing to work on building stock dads so we have this episode which is going to be airing on the 20th and then we're going to have two episodes so our Last episode for the first season of Stocks and Sandals is going to be May 4th will be the last one that we're going to release. And then we'll have an announcement for the date that will return by that episode. So, but no, we're not going anywhere for the long term, just taking a break. So I just wanted to announce that real quick. Yeah. So it is pushing us to do Chris's episode a little bit earlier than we normally do because we have a couple other guests lined up for our last two episodes as well. So without further ado, let's jump in and talk about some of the big things that have been happening in the market, Chris. We've had a few pretty noteworthy events, you know, coming up the last two, three weeks or so since your last episode aired. So, I mean, I guess the first one that I'd like to talk about is probably the biggest news that came from the first few weeks is, you know, Biden's new infrastructure plan. So, I kind of just wanted to get your feedback on it. You know, it's a $2 trillion plan, so this is nothing small to, to just breeze over. But we are just going to kind of generally talk about it. Can you kind of just break down some of the things that are included in that plan and maybe just you know get your general thoughts on it from an overall market perspective? Yeah. So there's always been a lot of talk that despite our status as a country, you know, first world leader globally, a lot of their infrastructure kind of sucks. I think people from both sides of the aisle have called some parts of our infrastructure like a third world country. So a lot of things do need to be updated. And this administration in particular really likes 
clean energy initiatives. So a lot of that money in the $2 trillion package is going towards trying to focus on improving the electric grid, you know, for example, giving incentives to build out charging throughout the country and making sure that electric vehicles have the infrastructure needed to become widespread. There is talk also about first-time homebuyer buying credits and things like that, incentives to create affordable housing and for people to be able to buy homes. The housing market, of course, has been red hot. Those interest rates are going up a lot, though. And with all this spending, there is also going to be some that is put towards things like roads and construction-related stuff. So those type of companies should get a boost too. things like Caterpillar, for example. And I think this speaks to a global trend as well. I think a lot of other countries are in a very open spending mood with the expectation that economy is going to recover and thrive in the next several years because they are expected to increase, but at the moment they are very low. As far as the federal interest rate, it's still near that 0% or 0.25%. So it's a good environment to spend right now. And definitely a lot of companies are going to benefit. So I guess you just kind of said it, but do you think this is a good time for this to be happening, especially with all the COVID relief and everything going on with that? Like we've been printing quite a bit of money with everything else going on. Like, do you think now is a good time for this to be happening? Well, I think it's better than if the government borrows money at 2% or 3% or 4%, for mm-hmm. sure. But nevertheless, there are people worried like, oh, you know, we already printed so much money. We already spent trillions last year. And now we're going to spend another couple trillion this year. At some point, is that going to catch up to us? I think no one really knows for sure. But the argument for the side of having the infrastructure bill is that this is going to create jobs. This is going to stimulate the economy. If there are more jobs and people are spending more money, Eventually, that money is going to flow back towards the government in the form of taxes that I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, especially corporate and even, you know, just average consumer personal income tax. I see DJ's face just turns to a scowl as soon as he mentioned it. <laughs> Dude, taxes piss me off to no end. I, well, I think no one likes taxes. I'm not going to get into a political tirade. Just consider me Ron Swanson, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have a, like a kind of a overarching kind of breakdown of what's included in the plan. So it looks like, and these could be kind of rough numbers, but about $621 billion is going towards transportation infrastructure. $300 billion is going towards like electric grid broadband access. $213 billion is going towards affordable housing. $100 billion is going to public schools. $180 billion is going to research and development for future technology. And then, you know, another $100 billion is going to workforce development. So that's obviously a lot of money. All the things that are mentioned there are, you know, admirable things to invest in. So, I, you know, that's a good thing. You mentioned that one of the big things that Biden's administration is really investing in or, or really, you know, heavy on is like the clean energy and stuff and investing in charging stations and stuff like that. If that's such a big thing for them. Why do you think stocks like Blink and Plug and them are like plummeting? You know, wouldn't you think it'd be the opposite? I mean, for me, like I would think it would be the total opposite, but I'm also a, a moron. So there's got to be a, you know, some sort of logic behind them dropping like they are. Well, I think there's been a whole cooling off of the space in general, regardless, there could have been people that already expected this to be coming. And yeah, when you look across the whole sector of 
electric vehicles and just SPACs in general, they've all gone down a lot. Even if they might have good fundamentals, they do actually have revenue and it's not like a Nikola or something that is kind of fraudulent, then they might fare a little bit better than the more scammy type of ones. But at the end of the day, a lot of them are very early stage. You look at different ones like Hillion or even one I am invested in a little bit, Lightning E-Motors. Those are going to achieve some pretty good revenues, like a couple of billion dollars, but that's four or five years from now. And people might not have the patience for that. And especially when you look at some other stocks out there that are going to have a lot of profits this year already, and some of them are affected by the infrastructure bill as well, then people are just going to flock to those. Now, over the long run, it's going to be great for those charging companies. It's going to be great for Plug, I'm sure, and a lot of those other stocks. But in the short term, anything goes. And right now, it's just the flavor of the month is, you know, those cyclical stocks. And Dogecoin. Yeah. Everybody's just pulling all their money out of everything and just piling into the Dogecoin today. Freaking Doge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Take this with a grain of salt because I'm kind of an idiot, but you know, I feel like those kind of EV stocks and everything have been overvalued a little bit. So, I mean, I feel like they're just correcting, but this is probably good news for them in the long term. Yeah. Especially if you want to be an investor and actually, you know, build out a position, you actually want to hold it for a couple of years. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of these companies, like I said, they're very early. They don't really have a lot of profits. They were trading at really high sales multiples, 50 times sales, 100 times sales. In some cases, they don't even have any sales. It's just a couple of blueprints, a couple of factories, business model, but a lot to be proven. So where's all this $2 trillion coming from? How is Biden going to pay for all this? Well, yeah, some of it's just, well, they pay for it by printing money, but you know, how do you cover that? Well, There is a lot of talk about raising the corporate tax rate back to 28%. They're still in the negotiations. I think it's going to be kind of hard to pass at 28%. I've heard 25 is a good compromise. So a difference of right now, now, a lot of corporations on paper, they pay 21%. But, you know, a bit of an increase for some companies, it's not going to matter too much. They already have a ton of income and a couple of percentage points won't kill them. But for some companies that are not making that much money already, you know, it's probably not that great for them. But I don't think it's something that will definitely cripple stocks or something like that. It's more of the fundamental stuff, the business cycle, you know, something like an infrastructure bill matters a lot more in the long term than a couple of percentage points of income tax, I feel. Yeah, for sure. So Again, just you know, a little basic overview of kind of the details, the nitty gritty of how this is going to be paid for. So they're looking to, like Chris mentioned, raise the corporate tax to 28%. They've talked about increasing the global minimum tax for multinational corporations to 21%. Talking about raising income tax on high earning individuals to 39.6%. Ramping up the IRS enforcement of corporations putting in measures to stop companies from shifting profits and jobs offshore. So trying to bring more stuff back to the U S or keep it going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you jack up their taxes and then set a minimum tax on the financial statement income of companies to 15%. So those are just some of the, like the big ways that they're going to try and pay for a lot of this stuff. 
again, you know, do more research. It's absolutely massive plan. So there's no way we can possibly get into all of it, but that's just some of the basic high level details that we were able sure to they research. sure they don't want, I know they really don't want Amazon to be paying 0% tax. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be figuring out how to close some of those loopholes. But to me, I'm like, hey, you know, knuckles Bezos, you know, get out, do it. He knows what he's doing. He does know what he's doing. Uh, well, you know, we'll see how it's different now with him not being CEO, but Cool. All right, let's move on. There's another couple of big topics that I want to breeze over real quick. First being the Johnson and Johnson, you know, recall of their vaccine, because I guess they're saying that they may cause blood clots, which is super cool to find out like a week after I got mine. So yeah, DJ's going to die. I'm going to get all the stock dads. (laughs) Yeah, I'm dead man walking. You know, this is that was a ton of fun to, to find out. But what do you think that might do? Is it already been priced in? I mean, again, we're recording this episode on the 16th. You know, I mean, this news already pretty much baked in and whatever. Or is it going to have some longer term ramifications to the market, you think? Yeah. Well, the stock hasn't reacted that negatively, actually. But J&J has always been a really, really stable type of company. It's a long term dividend stock. Super safe because pharmaceuticals is something that everyone's going to need no matter what type of economic environment you're in. As far as the news, it sounds kind of sketch how they just totally paused the vaccine rollout, but six people, uh, you know, I'm no scientist, but it seems like it's not that bad. However, as far as just investing in vaccine type of stocks, you know, some of them like J&J, it's just one part of their business. So they have billions and billions of revenue in other sides of their business. So it's not something that will ruin the stock or anything like that. Same thing with Pfizer. That stock hasn't even gotten much of a boost from making a vaccine, to be quite honest. But again, if the vaccine did or didn't do well, it's not like end of the world. But there are some stocks out there that are totally dependent on a vaccine or some type of therapeutic for COVID and whether or not that works out or not, that pretty much determines the fate of that stock. So it can be risky depending on what type of stock you're invested in. That's why I've kind of said from the beginning that I personally believe you should invest in companies that would benefit from a vaccine, regardless of whose it is, as opposed to trying to pick a winner of someone who produces the vaccine. So that's going to be retailers, going to be travel, and all of those stocks have benefited tremendously. Ever since word of the first vaccine from Moderna came out back in around November, a lot of those stocks like Nordstrom, American Airlines, Boeing, all of them have gone up a lot. You're so freaking smart, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's a good call. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, you just make it seem so easy. Yeah. Well, it's all about, you know, you have to understand what's the risk whenever you're getting into a position, right? It's all about risk reward. And for me, it just seems like it's not only a safer bet, but it's also just easier to understand. I think a lot of pharmaceutical biotech type of companies, it's hard because there are phase one, phase two, phase three. You got to look at data. Is it good or not? If you just buy stocks that will benefit from people going out and spending money, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So do you have anything else on that one, DJ? If not, I'm going to kind of roll into the next one. No, 
I'm good. Okay. So DJ mentioned it earlier that Doge is going to the moon. <laughs> so I feel like we it's should a to record. talk a little bit about crypto, you know? I mean, specifically to Doge, like what's kind of causing that to explode right now? So I think no one will give you a perfect answer, but we've seen a lot of celebrities come out and pump the stock. Well, not the stock, the coin. Like Slim Jims, I've seen, they're just posting memes about it. You have people like Mark Cuban, a couple of other people just getting on board with it. I think it's just a lot of mainstream awareness and probably some pretty rich people getting involved too. And, you know, if we just take a couple steps back, just a couple months ago, Dogecoin, right, was just a fraction of a cent. And now, as I'm recording here, looking at it, it's 37 cents per coin. But back then, it was, I believe, a couple hundred million dollars in market cap before it went up like a thousand percent. If you kind of think about it, the size of that market was similar to a lot of penny stocks we see. So it's not totally impossible, right, for this to be happening because we've seen penny stocks go up thousand percent sometimes. But whether this is going to last, right, is another thing. A lot of people think it's going to go to a dollar, but I think just as easily it can go back to 10 cents or below, right? So for me, it's all about that risk reward again. If you're comfortable putting in X amount of money and potentially losing half of it in the short term or maybe even the long term, then go ahead. But if you're putting in a ton of money in to try to make 100% tomorrow because everyone's buying it, then you never know because a lot of these coins can go down faster than you think. And we've seen that back in 2017, 2018. We've seen that parts of last year or 2019 as well. So these things often go in cycles. And if you happen to get in a bad time with more money than you should have, then you're not going to do well. Like at last time, late 2017, early 2018, I saw a lot of people and a lot of articles are like, I mortgaged my house and bought Bitcoin. <laughs> And, you know, now I'm like 60 years old and have to find a job again. You know, it's terrible, but mm-hmm. some people do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the market just doesn't do what everybody thinks it's going to do most of the time, you know, right? So Dogecoin has made me, made an idiot of me because I've multiple times been like, you know, stay away, stay away, stay away. And now it's, you know, just continues to rocket. And every time I'm like, you know, this is making me look stupider. <laughs> but I think it's tradable for sure right now. I wouldn't invest in it still, but it would, it's definitely something to trade. But if you're going to trade, I would suggest watching it very closely and knowing kind of what you're looking for. But so along the, the same kind of breadth of Doge and, and other crypto, you look at things like Bitcoin and Ethereum and they're kind of at all-time highs or pushing their all-time highs. They just recently were hitting them. I think they're coming back down a little bit, but not much right now. You know, And then the other big news for crypto kind of was that Coinbase IPO'd yesterday, right? It was yesterday, right? Or was it two days ago? I think it was two days ago. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. What's today? Friday? I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Anyways, time stands still for me at this point. Yeah, it was Wednesday, I think. But Coinbase IPO'd and all these crypto-related stocks, you know, like Marathon and Riot and all them, they plummet, you know, which again, like you would just think would be kind of the opposite because, okay, like this Coinbase thing for crypto is 
you know, adding a lot of stability to crypto, you know, it's kind of adding a little bit of validity to it. So I guess I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I have my thoughts and I'll share them, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, it certainly is some validation and just a real headline act to show people just how big this has gotten, right? Coinbase, who would have thought just a couple of years ago would become, you know, a hundred billion dollar company. It's one of the biggest companies in the entire world right now. So it's definitely a meteoric rise. As far as the fundamentals, their income has gone up like crazy. Their sales in Q1 2021 compared to last year is up like nine times. So, you know, that's a huge difference. You know, they make money off of transactions. And when Bitcoin is just going up and up and up, a lot of people are buying them trading them around and and other coins as well, they're going to make a lot of money off of it. The whole thing with all of these crypto related stocks, not just the exchanges or brokerages like Coinbase and Voyager, but also those mining companies like Mar and Riot, they're all very dependent on the price of Bitcoin. Now, all these business models are also only possible because Bitcoin is 60,000 plus a coin right now. If Bitcoin was one-tenth of the price, like just last year, like if it was 6,000 a coin, you know, all of a sudden these companies would all be making only a fraction of what they do today. So it's really dependent on Bitcoin price. If Bitcoin continues to skyrocket, then those companies will do well or it at least stays at the same price. But we know Bitcoin goes through a lot of cycles. It could go up 10x and then it could go down 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% like 2017, 2018. So it's a risk. A lot of these companies look good, really good on the valuations if Bitcoin stays at a price like it is today. You know, obviously the bulls want to think that, but on the other side, could always, you know, come down. And as far as Coinbase IPOing and these other stocks going down, I think it's just people jostling for position. You know, there was a lot of money in particular stocks, like the mining stocks. But now you have a totally different option and a different way to invest. And a lot of people are also, you know, kind of seeing things at highs and probably not too sure about what they want to do with their money. So they might pull some money out of some stocks like a marathon and put some in in Coinbase. And some people are just pulling their money out and kind of wait and see. It was a big event and there was probably a lot of trading leading up to it. So I think everything could use a pause. You know, my thoughts on it is, and this is just speculation, but because I think Coinbase added some stability to the crypto market, you know, I think a lot of the draw to crypto is the volatility. And, yes. you know, in the short term, you know, this may slow some of that volatility down a little bit and it may give people a more stable investment for the long term, you know, as opposed to some of these really volatile stocks like Mara and Riot and stuff like that. So I think like in the really short term, I think that possibly might be why there's this kind of a sell-off. But I do think it does add some of that longer term benefit to those stocks, you know, as long as I guess these cryptos continue to do well. I think, you know, it's like a these short-term traders are like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go put it in something with a little bit more volatility. And that's kind of maybe where you're seeing some of that sell-off. I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion, what I think might be happening yeah, in the short yeah. term. But that's why I'm personally, you know, putting more into some of those Maras and riots and stuff, because I think for a longer term perspective, that you know, this Coinbase thing is actually a good thing for it. So 
Right. I think a lot of um, institutions are buying in more and more on Coinbase. A couple of years ago, they said they only have about a thousand institutional accounts. Now they have like 7,000. And each of those accounts, I'm sure, is putting in millions, tens of millions, or even more than that into some of these coins. And same thing for just those Bitcoin related stocks. There's more and more institutional buying. I think as those big funds have more and more of a vested interest in you know, seeing those companies do well and also buying in more for the longer run, then volatility is definitely going to come down. And I would think it's just kind of as far as Bitcoin itself, sort of a law of large numbers. At some point, it's not going to be able to double infinitely, right? The reward for mining is going to slow down. There's going to be more competition in the space. You know, there's also the issue of as far as regulation relation and stuff as well in all of this. So that's always a risk factor to keep in mind, by the way, when it comes to crypto and the government getting involved as far as making their own currency. So it's not like a risk-free investment, obviously, right? In this space. So at the end of the day, yes, I think volatility is going to come down. There's going to be more options to invest in the long term. It's probably going to work out, but you still want to invest a reasonable amount of money. I don't have anything else, man. <laughs> okay. right. well, I just assumed Mike would ask a question, but no. Uh, so, all right. Well, we're going to probably wrap it up here. Yeah, I think, you know, we've covered a lot today, but real quickly, just give me your two favorite buys right now. So I went ahead and bought a couple of stocks today, actually. The first one is Vale, V-A-L-E. This is a Brazilian incorporated miner is the number one iron ore miner in the entire world. They also have some exposure to nickel and a couple of other minerals. And, and uh, basically, I think this is a great inflation cyclical related stock. The profitability next year is expected to jump up from a dollar EPS to almost $3 EPS. Has a really low forward PE of around six. And you know we've seen steel prices go up like crazy and Iron is used to make steel, um, in case you weren't aware. So I thought you said you weren't a scientist, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a little bit from, you know, chemistry. Okay. I think Chris wears a lot of hats that we don't know. About. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I've taken a couple classes, but I, yeah. So I think that's going to do well. That space in general, you know, production and manufacturing is going to kick up, uh, especially if infrastructure bill and stuff, you know, comes. That's materials that people are going to need. So that's a good one. And another stock I've been buying recently, I uh, just bought some today, is Futu. Now, this is a stock that I've had a history with, Chinese brokerage and, and wealth management. You know, I sold this stock early in my honest reflection here. And that's because it went up like 100%, but then it went up another 100%. And I was kind of kicking myself there. And I think it's a good lesson you know, that if the fundamentals are great, then sometimes you just got to stick with the company. And it's also a thing where if you sold the stock and it keeps going up, well, maybe you want to just move on and, and go to other stocks, but you might also want to just go back and look at it with a, a clean slate and a clear head and, you know, think, is this still a good investing opportunity? And when I look at it, they had really great growth last year. They almost doubled or tripled their revenue their income was up several hundred percent as well. And next year's estimates look good. Just the whole financial space in general in Asia is looking great. So I think that 
I just had to buy a position again, started pretty small, but if there's any pullbacks, you know, I'll probably be buying more shares. Yeah. As far as like going back to stocks that have, you know, kind of you've moved on from, you know, it's like a jaded lover, right? Mike's done that a few times, <laughs> right? You've gone yep. back. It's to- tough. <laughs> it's really tough. <laughs> yep. Mike's done that a few times in his dating history. You know? <laughs> with stocks. Yeah. Sure. sure yeah. Just with stocks. <laughs> I, hope right? so. I think that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, man. This has been super cool and helpful as always. Guys, if you're listening, make sure you check out Chris on his YouTube channel, Chris Chung Invest Responsibly. He does stocks investing, money tips, all that kind of fun stuff. Super great YouTube channel. He also does some YouTube videos for the Stock Dads channel. He is also one of our play callers in our Discord. Um, If you're listening to this episode and you want to check out our Discord, you can use his promo code, which is CHRISC, all caps, all one word, C-H-R-I-S-C. And that'll get you 15% off for life for every time the, the billing cycle rolls around. People always ask me for life. Does that mean there's a lifetime membership? No, there's not a lifetime membership, but it's good for as long as you're a member. So make sure you check that out. Join our free Facebook group, Stock Dads. We appreciate you guys listening here. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all that kind of fun stuff. And like I said earlier, we have this episode that's going to be released and you guys are going to be listening to it when I'm saying this. So we'll have two more after that. And then we're going to take a little bit of a summer break before we come back for season two with even better and higher quality material for you guys. So we appreciate you guys as always. Mike, you got any parting words? Nope. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't forget about us. I'm a simple man, dude. (laughs) Chris, uh, appreciate you, man. Any final parting words for you? Let's hear that radio voice one more time. (laughs) Not much, you know, just ready for uh, season two. It's going to be bigger are, and better. You guys just give me nothing to work with here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, I'll say, you know, it's been great, you know, recording this first season. So I think we learned. Don't even start. Don't even think, try. Hold You're on. Good. Give, I got the, give me the stage here. I okay. think we've learned a lot. And I think that, you know, next season we'll be able to come back with really good content for everybody. Yeah. It's going to be pretty awesome. We just want to make sure that we can keep continuing to produce the best of the best for you guys. And when you come back, maybe Mike will know how to use his microphone and maybe I'll know how to use my camera. And, you know, it's going to be a, we're going to be dramatically improved. We're going to- In my defense there, a note, I'm pretty sure your audio is coming through your headphones right now, not your mic. Are you kidding Just me saying. right now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Don't try to figure it out right now. Why are you going to tell me that now? <laughs> Oh my gosh. See, this is exactly why we need a break. (laughs) We need to figure things out. (laughs) We're going to get like podcast coaches. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap this up here. Thank you guys. And we'll chat next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.